So how do you shop for presents is the question. We've all been doing it, hopefully. Are you the last minute grab off the shelf person, which you haven't started your shopping yet? Are you the one that puts a lot of thought into it and you've already been planning for the last six months? And now you're taking those gifts out of the closet and you're going to meticulously wrap them. Or maybe you are the one who loves to make your gifts, right? I, I, you just want to put a lot of time and thought into it. What if I told you that the way that you give gifts says a lot about who you are? So what kind of person are you by the way that you give gifts? Well, we'll discover that a little bit more. But the way that we give has an opportunity for us to experience joy or not to experience joy. Now, have you heard this expression, it's better to give than to receive? Guess where that one is found? Actually, it's from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It's better to give than to receive. But I have to say that, that we can give and we wouldn't receive everything that God has for us to receive in our giving. And that's why today I'm going to help you experience joy in your giving this Christmas. In 2 Corinthians 8, chapter 2, we hear something about the church of Macedonia, the church of Macedonia. If you have your Bibles, you can turn there with me, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. If you've been with us for the last few weeks and you've caught us early enough, you'd see right before our countdown ended, there's, there was a little thing on giving, uh, generous um, giving, it was, there was a topic on that. And they were talking about this church in Macedonia, these people in Macedonia. And it says this in chapter 2, sorry, chapter 8, verse 2. For in their severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy, can you say abundance of joy? Abundance, abundance of joy. And their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Now, how can this be that in their extreme poverty, they had generosity that so much so brought extreme joy into their life? You'd think their circumstances would be such, oh, woe is me, poor me, I don't have much. But for some reason, in their extreme poverty, it wasn't just poverty, their extreme poverty, and they said their test of affliction, for some reason, they were not bothered by those temporal, circumstantial things. Instead, they had extreme joy and extreme generosity. They gave. I think there's something about the way that we give is linked to our joy. One of our values at Grace Capital Church is generosity. If you were to walk into our fireplace room over there, you'd see um, written down on the wall our values. But one of our values is generosity. And I want you to grow in generosity. I've been trying to do that in my own life, to grow in generosity. And we're just not talking about money today. We're talking about time. We're talking about using the gifts that God's given you for others that we live this level of generosity. But there's two kinds of giving, and one, I would say, does not give you the joy that the other one does. 
The first kind of giving is giving out of obligation, right? You're going to somebody's house and you, you must bring something. Or you're going to somebody's Christmas party and you, or an office party and you must bring something. That's the, you're obligated, right? So that's, I call that transactional giving. I give because it's an expectation. I'm going to do it. It's, I don't give a lot of thought to it. It's like quickly go to the store, grab something, pull something off the shelf. So one time I actually, um, I gave this way once, maybe more than once. Um, I'm trying to not do that, but uh, I knew that um, I needed to fill my wife's stocking. So there's little ears in the room. I I was just pretending to be Santa Claus, filling my wife's stocking. But, um, and and so in doing so, I know that she likes olives. So I thought, okay, she likes olives, and I need to actually create a little more volume in the stocking. So I went to the pantry and got a can of olives and put it in the stocking. (laughs) You know how that, that went, right? <laughs> that was transactional giving. I was kind of like, okay, I need to fill the stocking with something. She likes olives. Let's grab a can. Not a lot of thought, not a lot of attention. And I will hear that story for the rest of my life for my kids. Okay. But um, how about giving from the heart, though? Difference of, of giving out of obligation, but giving from the heart. That's, I believe, where generosity comes from, is when we give from the heart. Uh, Jesus pointed out a widow. He was with his disciples, and they were around the area where they could see the treasury of the temple courts. And Jesus uh, was pointing out to his disciples this, this widow, very poor. And she gave two mites, or like two pennies. It was like one sixty-fourth of a day's wages, very little amount of money. Two little coins, and yet there were others who were going by in their wealthy clothes and putting large sums of money in the treasury, and Jesus kind of asked the question, who gave more? Who gave more? And he said, actually, this, this widow who only had these two little copper coins gave so much more. And he says it because she gave out of, out of not having a lot. And the ones gave out of their abundance. Her giving shows that she was trusting in the Lord as she was giving. That's the kind of generous giving that I'm talking about. So it's not the amount that's important. It's how your heart is engaged in the process. I want you to think about that for a moment. It's not the amount. Jesus taught us that in in the widow's might as he was making that example. It's not the amount that's important. It's what's going on in your heart when you're giving. So I'm going to give you four things that are going to increase your joy in your giving. The first part, and because it means it's going to have to engage the heart, the first part is I see you. I see you. If you're taking notes, this would be a great opportunity. These are your four points that I'm going to have you kind of work on this week. I see you. So in other words, you're aware, you're attentive to other people besides yourself. So often are we not thinking about ourselves, right? But it takes us moving outside of looking at ourselves, thinking about ourselves, to start saying, I see you. And the second one is, you are important to me. In other words, you become aware of other people and the needs around them. You're important to me. Number one, I see you. Number two, you are important to me. I love this verse in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It says, In all things, 
I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak. We must help the weak. And remember the words of our Lord Jesus. He himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. There it is. So in other words, he's saying, be mindful of the needs of people around you, especially those who are down and out. Be mindful of the needs of those around you. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It's interesting that he connects those things when he says, I'm going to engage your heart in the process. I'm going to help you to be aware of the needs of people around you. That this is not just a transactional thing, that this is a heart thing. And then number three, I will give you something of myself. Okay, so the first one is, is easy. I've lifted up my head. I see you, right? Like we can go through life and be around people, but not really even know those people exist, right? When's the last time you looked at somebody in their eyes? Say, uh, you matter to me. You matter to me. But here's the hard part. I will give something of myself because it's going to cost you something. It could cost you time. It could cost you money. It could cost you something of yourself. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not neglect to do, to do good and to share with what you have. For such sacrifice are pleasing to God. You want to know what's pleasing to God? Don't neglect to do good and share with what you have. You have time. Are you sharing it? You have resources. Are you sharing it? You have food. Are you sharing it? And then number four, I will check on you because I care. So here's another interesting thing, because sometimes we can just like, oh, it's Christmas time. We'll, we'll give a few bucks on the guy ringing the bell. Uh, we will... Um, uh, we'll do our part, and by the way, it was, it's fantastic when we can help. Like, so many of you bought gifts for the foster, uh, foster kids, and thank you so much. It's hard to check in on those, but when God puts people in your life, and he's, and he's asked you to give something of your life, are you also then willing to say, I'm still investing in you beyond that one moment in time? In other words, I'm checking in on you. I, I'm wanting to know how you're doing. And, and that creates another level of mindfulness to say, I really care about you. I, I don't care just about the quick hit of I feel good because I did something good for somebody else, but I genuinely care about you. Transactional versus relational. Do you really care? So let's, let's break this down a little bit. So first of all, how do you give to Jesus? I'm going to start there. How do you give to Jesus? So we all know that... that Giving a tithe or a tenth of our income to the local church is what the Bible shows us as a way to be faithful to Jesus, right? Faithful to God. It's very clear Old Testament. Jesus reaffirms it, Matthew 24. If you have a question of whether or not that that, that is still a New Testament principle, Jesus affirms it, Matthew 24. So here we go. You're going to see this on your screen. So when we give or when you give, the how is more important than the what and the heart's more important than the money. The how is more important than the what, and the heart is more important than the money. That's how we break it down. So remember we said, I see you, you're important to me, I'll give something of myself, I'll check in on you again. So here's how it goes. I see you, Jesus. So do you approach giving this way? I see you, Jesus. I'm giving this to you, my tithe, 
as an act of worship, right? I see you, Jesus, and I'm giving it to you. You're not giving it to the church, by the way. I mean, you are, technically. But your heart is engaged to say that this is your worship to Jesus. Number two, you are important to me. So in other words, Jesus, I value what your word has said. I value the Bible. And if this is what you're asking of me, then I want to be faithful to you. And here is my gift, right? You're important to me. I see you, Jesus. You're important to me. I'll give something of myself. So when you give something of yourself, it's going to cost you something, right? So um, chances are, I'll tell you what, if you're just kind of thinking off the top of your head, hey, I'm just going to give you 10% of my income, it's really hard today. Everybody's tight for funds, right? Everything's expensive. That means you're going to have to plan. That means you're going to have to budget. That means you're going to have to figure this stuff out ahead of time. It also means that you're just not going to wait until you show up someplace and just quickly, oh, what do I have in my pocket? You put it in. No, there's a sense of I will give something of myself. It's going to cost me something. It goes from last minute, last thinking to saying, I'm planning this. This is really important to you, Jesus. I, you, you mean so much to me. And then last, I'll check in. This check-in was like, God, how am I doing in my generosity? How am I doing in engaging my heart in the process? Uh, where do I need to grow in my awareness to give to you? Because it's not just we give our tithes here, but there's also opportunities to give offerings everywhere. Let me tell you an example of this. This, this past week, somebody um, took, somebody who just got released from prison, um, and, and this random conversation call to the church, and then somebody took up uh, the initiative of it to say, I'm going to take you shopping to get groceries, and, and I'm also going to help you buy some presents for your kids. After all, right, the, a person coming out of prison doesn't have a bank account, doesn't have a job, doesn't have, but yet in their humility was willing to ask and somebody took up the initiative to say, hey, I, I can give up my offering to this. I can, I can meet that need. So, okay, let me just give you another example here. So, so we experience joy when we give from the heart. So if you're going to think about a big idea today, that's an idea I want you to, to do because if you execute these four things, right, I see you, you're important to me, I'll give something of myself, um, I'll check in again. The idea is that's, those are ways that we can give that engage the heart, and when we, ex we experience joy, when our heart's involved, when it's not just a head thing, not just transactional, it's relational in our giving. 2 Corinthians um, Chapter 9, verse 7 says this, Each one must give as he has decided in his heart. Each one must give what he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Interesting, here he is. He's making that connection, a heart connection to a cheer or a joy connection. So each one must give us decide in their heart. So in other words, this idea of there's a decision that's made, right? But it comes from your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. So nobody's making you do this. Nobody's guilting you in this. And uh, nobody's putting pressure on you to do this. You're doing this out of your great 
heart love for God, for others, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I believe the cheer that he's talking about, the joy that comes, is, is when we decide to give from our heart. Okay, so cheerful giver, I've heard this said before, like somehow we just have to muster up enough smile on our face when we give our tithe money to God or when we give to, um, you know, somebody in need in our community. We just got to like somehow muster up this, God loves a cheerful giver, so I got to pretend that I'm cheerful while I'm doing this. I don't believe that's the case. I believe it's the flip side of when we give from the heart, joy comes. I have another story to tell you, and it's a parable that Jesus told, and this illustrates this so well, the parable of the Good Samaritan. So here we have some experts who ask Jesus, what must I do to have eternal life? That's a big question, right? Most people would ask that question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Great question, the expert of the law asks. Um, and then, he, then they quote, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, strength, and love your neighbor as yourself, right? The great commandment. And so then they're kind of like, okay, these are the great commandments, all the laws summed up in these things. And then he goes and he challenges them by telling them this parable, this story. So there was a, a, there was a man who was robbed and um, he was beaten, left on the side of the road, and a priest walks by. It's like it's the start of a bad joke, right? There's a, there a guy, a blind man. No, he wasn't blind. He was beaten up along the side of the road. A priest walks by. He's coming along this guy, and all of a sudden the priest goes to the other side of the road and keeps walking. And I, I love how Jesus always makes the religious people really mad <laughs> in his stories. <laughs> all right. Then he goes, then there was a Levite. Um, and the difference between priests and Levites, the priests were more of like a, of a priestly order. The Levites were religious uh, as well, but they didn't have as much religious duty as the priests were. But again, another religious person. Walking down the road, sees the uh, half-dead guy, beaten, what have you, um, left for dead, walks on the other side of the road, keeps walking. Then there comes a Samaritan. Interesting thing about a Samaritan, he's not a Jew. And remember, uh, the Jews at the time, the priests, especially the Levites, always felt like they're the chosen people. Here God uses somebody not chosen, not the religious, but he, he has a person who takes notice. I see you. It's the first step. I see you. He assesses the condition of the man. He's there, beaten, dying on the side of the road. He puts... Uh, Oh, I see you, right? That's the first one. I see you. Then, then he says, you're important to me. I value you. And so he's going to like, I'm going to stop. You're important to me. He puts on uh, wine and olive oil. Wine's the antiseptic. The olive oil is to keep the, the wounds from getting too crusted. And, oh, that was just kind of gross all of a sudden I said that. So, but that's what, that's what he did, okay? And so then, then he puts him on his donkey. Now, here we go. It's like, I see you. You're important to me. I'm going to give you something of myself. He puts him on his donkey. It's going to cost him something. He takes him to an inn. He says to the innkeeper, please look after this guy. And, um, and so he, he takes him there. It's out of his way, I'm sure, right? He probably wasn't on his way. He's inconvenienced, takes time. Then he says, uh, and by the way, he says this, and, and then I will check back in on him. 
So it wasn't transactional. It wasn't like I'm going to do my good deed for the day. He was like, I really care for him. Not only did he check back in to say, and by the way, if it's going to cost more to look after him, like he needs to stay here longer, um, let me know and I'll foot the bill. Right? It's that kind of giving that is like, I really care for you. I want to engage my heart in the process, not just a bunch of transactions. So here it is. Jesus says, you want, an, you want to inherit internal, eternal life? You want to love God and love others? That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. Church, if you want to, to serve God and love humanity, it looks like being willing to think of yourself less. It's, like, it's looking like that you're going to Know that it's going to cost you something. It's going to be inconvenient. It means that you're going to have to take your eyes off yourself more and put your eyes on other people, being aware of who's around you, to say, I see you. You're important to me. I value you. I'll give something of myself. I know it's going to cost me time, money, and then I will check back in on you, meaning that I really care about you, and I I want to be mindful of how you're doing. I want to make sure that you are okay. He asks us all this by saying, who's your neighbor? Who's your neighbor? Love your neighbor as yourself, right? Who's your neighbor? And I think your neighbor is when you begin to engage your heart in the process of giving. When you begin to start seeing that he is the way that Jesus modeled his life for us. While we were yet sinners, he gave his life to us. It cost him his very life, but he says, I see you, humanity. I love you. I care for you. You're important to me. I value so much so that I'm willing to give my life for you. And by the way, not only is it a one-time check-the-box deal, not only was it, did I go to the cross 2,000 years ago, it's like, I want to be in your life every day. I want to be in your life every day. I want to keep checking in on you. I want to be, I want to be mindful that I want to see how you're doing. See, sometimes we think that, that Jesus just wants our money. That's something he wants from us. Can, can I let you know, actually, Jesus doesn't need any of your money. He's more than capable of, of doing it, but he realizes that our money is tied to our heart. And he's saying, I, I, I want this love relationship with you, and, and therefore, that's why I say I want you to give to me to see the furtherance of my kingdom, but it really what I'm after is your heart. I'm not just after your money. And when he gives you opportunity to see the needs of people around in your community, and that's why I love our community transformation grants. You guys are doing so awesome with those. You're putting them to work, and that was a new thing we started a while back, but realizing that it's the people of the church, the body, can look at and see the needs in our communities and yeah we provide the accountability and we'll provide the checks and balances but we give the money to the groups the life groups to say go and do and let the light of Christ shine and engage your heart not just in a monetary transaction I see you you're important to me I'll give you something of myself that'll cost me something. 
and I'll check back in because you matter to me. See, generosity is this giving with your heart, generously giving with your heart. Let's joy overflow in your life. This holiday season, I just want to encourage you to give in this way. To give in this way. The stories are going on all around here. That's why for me, this is more of a championing you to what you're already doing. So many of you are, are looking around to the needs of us. Just, just yesterday, somebody heard of a need that somebody needed transportation. Somebody who didn't have access to ready transportation and the word went out and somebody just jumped on that and just said, if you saw the post on our Facebook groups page, somebody jumped on it and, and was willing to help. Other people, when there was a single mom who was really struggling, they jumped right in there and provided food and, and actual money to help the single mom. There was another person just last week who provided hams to single moms and widows. You guys are doing it. So I guess in many ways, I'm just kind of encouraging you and saying, yes, you're doing it. And when you do, and I guess I would encourage those who maybe haven't said, well, I, I don't know if I can yet. I don't know if I can tithe. I don't know if I can give that level of generosity. I don't know if I can love that way or engage that way. Simply, I just want you to say this. I, I see you. Look somebody in the eyes. Be aware of who else is around your sphere. You're important to me. I'll give you something of myself. Then I'll check back in just to make sure you're doing okay because you matter to me. Would you be a neighbor this week? So I love that uh, video intro going in there. A simple hug is giving in that way. Tying somebody's shoe who can't reach their shoe is, is giving in that way. Think about who lives near you, your neighbor, your neighbors. Would you give something of yourself to them? That they know that they're valued, that they're seen, that they mean something to you? Your coworkers, your family. Family seems like it's easy, but I, I think even Christmas time of giving of gifts can be very transactional. Like we've got the list, we've checked the list, we've given the gift, but would you make sure your heart is involved? Kids, I'm talking to you right now. I got two of them right here, so I'm gonna focus on you guys right here. All right, you, you got me, you looking at me? Nudge your sister, tell her to look at me. Okay, there we go. So when you get gifts, and even all of your kids are watching online, when you get gifts, Take a moment and really appreciate it. Somebody thought a lot about you. Then look at the person in their eye when they gave you that gift and say, thank you so much. It's so important because your heart then becomes engaged in the process. And you care more about the relationship with people instead of just the gift. Now, gifts are fun, exciting. I get it. But this holiday season, can we be aware of the needs around us and 
say these simple four things. I see you. You're important to me. I will give you something of myself, and I'll check back in. When we give this way, generously giving our heart, joy will overflow in your life. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today, and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching. Thank you.